0: Uh, if you didn't get a mug on the way in, make sure you get one. These are Christmas gifts that we had made for you. And uh, the mug is part of the joke today. And, and uh, so if you don't have the mug, it's not going to be nearly as funny. But there's a comic on the back, and two snowmen are drinking coffee. And one says to the other, hey, my coffee smells like carrots too. Um, now, if, if that doesn't, it's funny all by itself. But let me give you the history of that. Oh, let me also say that I found that comic uh online and contacted the artist the original and paid him so i could put that on coffee mugs uh you didn't donate it? I, no he it, it didn't charge us much but but i i, I want to know you know i just oh I, I did do the next right thing okay Where, wherever we and as often as we can so we, we paid to license it for one round of coffee mugs um uh, uh the uh and so that's on the back, and that's the, you're my favorites on the front because I want you to see that. Well, this, that's because of this joke that I did years ago, which was the classic bad joke. And the classic best joke, bad joke of all times is, what did one snowman say to the other? The answer is, of course, do you smell carrots? That is the best joke <laughs> ever written. It's the one that people remember me saying. It's the classic joke. Uh, sometime after I'd said that, and I usually repeat it every Christmas, I added another one. Did you hear about the, the snowman that got kicked out of Winn-Dixie? They caught him picking his nose in the produce section. Picking his <laughs> nose, picking his nose out. Obviously. Well, that's not so Picking his nose, well. you got to explain to some people. Which now makes sense the comic, right? The cartoon. So that when I saw it, I was like, I got to have a coffee cup. I thought, might as well order an extra thousand while I'm doing it. So everybody gets one. So Merry Christmas. And when you drink coffee, you laugh. And then, you know, you, you, Alice and I want to tell you, you guys are our favorite. Okay. So I want you to remember that every time. All right. So... That was pretty much a joke. But I do have two short jokes and a long joke. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. Joke, joke, joke. <laughs> Explain it to your neighbor if you don't get it. <laughs> Scripture reading. Here on purpose. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For to us a child is born... Blessed be the word of the Lord. I love that. He's the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of His peace, there will be no end. And we're to be experiencing this ever-increasing peace in our lives. And and my hope for you this Christmas is that that you enjoy this peace, that that Jesus came to inaugurate among God's people. Um, This Advent season, we've been hitting the main Advent themes, hope and joy, peace and love. We've talked about hope and joy Today we're going to talk about peace, and we're going to talk about love next week, and how they all sort of tie in together. But as we talk about this peace, I, I want to talk about it in sort of the, the idea of three relationships, your relationship with God, your relationship, uh, you know, in your own life, and your relationship with others. So it's peace with God, peace with yourselves, and peace with others. And and this peace that I'm talking about isn't like, it's not the absence of conflict. conflict, it's the presence of God, it's... It's all these things that we've talked about in our lives, hope and joy and love and the things that that He wants us to experience in this full and abundant now and forever life. And my hope is that you'll have that, that, the peace with God, a a peace in your soul and and the, the blessing of strong and healthy vital relationships in your own life. So let's talk first about peace with God and what that means. And, and really, this is sort of the, the basic need that we have in lives, is to be at peace with God. It's foundational to all this other peace that we're talking about. If we don't have this peace, if we're not at peace with God, any other experience of peace that, that we have would be superficial and temporary at best. So let's talk about what it means to be at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said this in Romans 5, one. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because we've been justified through faith. And so we need to talk about what it means to be justified. Now, in this little series, uh, this Advent series, I've I've said to you the main themes are hope and joy and peace and love. We've been talking about them. And last week when I talked about joy, uh, in the middle of that thing I began to talk about sanctification. And... These, these concepts that, that I want to sort of bring out every now and again are so important. And as your pastor, these are things that I just want you to have a hold of in your Christian life. And, and, and so you'll hear me talk today about justification. And last week I talked about sanctification. And when we did, uh, looked at hope, we were really talking about glorification. And you say, well, what do those words mean? They're fancy words that talk about hope, joy, peace. Uh, all of which are wrapped up in love, which is where salvation comes from. And these simple ideas, justification, sanctification, glorification, are all caught up in salvation. See, when we come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and when you ask Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you're saved, and and you're justified at that moment. I'm going to come back to that. Then what happens is, as we continue on in that journey, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and He is working on us. And we're being sanctified. It's a lifelong process. And that, that sanctify, that sanctity is the word holy. That's how we remember that. It's the Spirit of God working in us. To the time and point when we are reunited with Jesus, when we're united with Him. Either He's come for us, or we've gone to be with Him, and then we're glorified. And, and the way that, you know, the, you remember that, is that's when everything is set back right again. That's when we get new bodies, and there's no more pain, and and all that other stuff. That's, that's so, so that part, that's the hope that we have that starts now and lasts forever. And then the joy that we have is that the Holy Spirit is working in us and He's changing us as we cooperate with Him. And the peace that we have comes back to the very beginning when we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because we're justified. To be justified, justification, the way I want you to remember that is just as if I had never sinned. That's how we remember it, just as if I'd never sinned. What happens is when we come to know Christ as Savior and we ask Him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives and we we understand, you know, what took place for us on the cross, that what happens at that moment is that God chooses then to relate to us based on the perfection of His Son. He sees us in the perfection of His Son as if we had never sinned. And it's one of the most amazing things that can happen in your life. It's, it's so vital that you get it be, because that's where peace comes from. See, God is already choosing to relate to us based uh, on that, the perfection of His Son. We've been justified. Now, the thing is, so all of us know somewhere that we're still kind of a mess. I hope you know that. And uh, somebody came up to me yesterday and said, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> so I kind of chuckled and I uh, preach it to the choir. So, um, I don't know how hot I am, but I'm a mess. Anyway, I don't think it means that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, (sighs) now I'm distracted. So the Holy Spirit comes and He dwells in us, and, and that's where we get joy. See, because, wow, because we know we're not, a, have arrived yet, and yet, even though God is choosing to see us that way, the Holy Spirit, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's in us, working on us as we cooperate with Him, and He's changing us to the point when we're going to be with Him, and we have great hope for that, because everything then is going to be set straight. See, those simple things you've got to have in you as a believer, you've got to know what's taking place, that this is what's going on, and I love that Advent describes those things. Hope, glorification, joy, sanctification, peace, justification. And so that's what we are now in Christ. We are justified just as if we'd never sinned by the amazing grace of God. Um, And we didn't work for it. We didn't earn it. It's not because of things that we're doing or it's the rules that we're following or who our parents are or anything else. On faith, And because of what He has done, God chooses to see us now as believers in the perfection of His Son. So when we come to Christ, that's how God relates to us. Because of that, we're at peace with God absolute peace with God. All the mess we've done, dealt with, we don't have to hang in there anymore. We don't need to be afraid. We, we don't need to be work uh, you know, oriented, performance oriented, any of those things. We are at absolute peace with God. From that point forward, He is for you. He is with you. He's your forever friend. He loves you. He wants the very best for you. And, and that's the process that we've engaged in. So we're at peace with God. We no longer need to be anxious or afraid about anything. Because um, He's taken care of everything at the cross. And we've, we've taken that in. Justified. Just as if I'd never seen it. Isn't that amazing? Good news, right? And these are, the, these are the gifts of Advent that He's talking about. Those very things. Hope, joy, peace, love. Here they are. Unwrap them. Live in them. Enjoy them. And peace is certainly one of those things. And, and something that I want you to rest in. So once we understand that we're at peace with Him, secondly... We can then be at peace with ourselves. because The, the peace that, that we have with Him, see, what that means is we get to tap into His peace. We should be experiencing His peace in our life. And, and so we don't need to live lives of worry or fear because He doesn't. I promise you that He's not pacing the throne room going, oops, didn't see that coming. We can be at rest and at peace in Him and, and, and He wants us to experience that peace. And see, without that peace in our lives, we get very distracted, uh, we become very weary, and we have a tendency to get very self-focused, which leads to a lot of anxiety and worry in our lives. That's what's happening when we're not standing in that peace that we have with Him. And, and see, in order to really live as disciples, to experience His life, we have to be experiencing that peace. And so that whole thing is a sign that, that something needs to be done on our end because we need to be experiencing that peace. One of the ways I always think about that is this, and I know I use this example a lot, but I think it's worth uh, hearing again. See, the way that we're supposed to live as disciples is that He's the center of the story, right? You've heard me tell you this. It's, it's His story. This is His story. Now, He's the noun of the story, we're, we're invited into that story to be a part of that story, but we're invited into it as adjectives. And, and so, we live to describe Him, ultimately. And that's where we experience life, when that's what the, the, the way it's working is. When, when we are not experiencing peace, we get sidetracked. We put ourselves at the center of the story. Well, you weren't designed to be there. And when you're the center of the story, everything takes on a whole other dynamic. And it's very distracting and it's very worrisome and, and we're not, we don't experience the life that we have. So there's some warning signs. Like A, you should have peace in your heart. You should have a, an experience peace in your heart. Because Jesus said this in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So if you're troubled and fearful, if you have that thing, so many people have that thing that they're There's always thinking something bad's about to happen. Or, you know, there's this weird feeling that they experience. And it's troubling. It's deep inside. When we're doing that, we're not experiencing His peace. Also, B, you should have peace in your mind. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. And so our mind should be at peace. And so if you find your heart's troubled and that your mind is doing that thing where it's kind of racing and spinning and um, doing that thing where you have a, you're, you're projecting all of the possible outcomes of a scenario. Some of us are really good at that, right? Like most of us. We're really good at all these disaster endings. And uh, you should be screenwriters. No. But if that's what's happening, it's a sign that you're missed, that something is just off a step, and what that is is you're not experiencing His peace. So what do we do? Well, see, peace is found in His presence. That's a little letter C. So this peace in our hearts and this peace in our minds uh, is found as we live this life in His presence. We're, we're focused on Him. We're connected to Him. And if we're not experiencing that peace, it usually means that we need to go and get our perspective sort of renewed again. We need to reconnect with God. We need to get into His presence. Sometimes, though, when that's a situation, rather than pressing into His presence, what we do is we try and we sort of go to other things for comfort because it seems easier. It seems quicker. It seems like we might have more control of that. And so we sometimes turn to things that aren't very good for us to try and find some quick relief to the the, dis, the disease, I was going to say, the dis-ease that we're feeling in our lives. And so we turn to other things. And I got to tell you, in the course of my life, I've, I've tried turning to lots of things besides God for comfort. They never work. They, you know, fleeting at best, but they don't work because we find life in Him. Why is it so hard then sometimes to press in the way we're, we're called to? Well, because that's the spiritual battle part that we experience in this life see we have a very real enemy guess what he does not want you to experience hope joy peace love he doesn't want you to experience any of those things and so he's trying desperately to steal that away from you remember he's you know the, we, he's exposed the enemy has come to steal kill and destroy Jesus said but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full and so we know the enemy's plan is to steal these things from us how does he do it he tries to keep us beat up with guilt and shame all the time and to give, sort of toss these little temptations and distractions our way. But but if we know that we're justified and that God is relating to us based on the perfection of His Son, not on our own poor performance, hallelujah, guilt and shame don't have the same impact because we get, yeah, okay, yeah, I know I've done all those things, enemy, but I God sees me as right with Him and I, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in me now and, and I'm a work at Progress and I'm I'm yielding to that, and and so your guilt and your shame, you don't work with me, and and you know um, when he when he tries to sort of toss something at you to, to get you you know moving in a way that you shouldn't for the comfort of God, this this is what I think too when I catch on to that I go you know what I, I have had you steal all the life away from me that I'm I want you to steal I don't want you to take another moment, and so even though sometimes it's the hard thing. I'm going to step in. And I'm going to stand in. I'm going to press back into the presence of God because that's where life is. So that's the spiritual part of this battle. You go, I'm not falling for any of that. I'm going to press in to experience the presence of God so I can once again get that peace and experience that peace in my life. The apostle Paul said this, Philippians 4, 7. This is in the message paraphrase. I like this. Before you know it, when you step back in, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that good? Isn't that a great verse? That's how He wants us to be experienced. So do that this Christmas. Take your anxieties to God. Tell Him all about Him. Ask Him to help you, to protect you, to restore your peace. And then what happens is He can use you to make peace. And, And so let's just quickly talk about our relationship with others, being at peace with others. Point number three. Now, um, this is a little tricky because of the dynamics of relationship. It's, you know, it's more than just you in relationship. So I love what Paul says. He says this in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I like that. Because just sometimes, some people just won't, it's just not going to happen. But It needs to be not your part. It needs to be, you know, um, uh, their part that that's not happening. And I bring that up at Christmas because at Christmas oftentimes it's a wonderful thing that families get together. Sometimes. And sometimes it's difficult at Christmas. And you know, because every family's got one or two of those people. And you know, in your family it could be you. (laughs) I, I don't know. You might be the one they're all talking about. Oh, my gosh, it's Christmas. <sighs> but here's, here's what we do. We, we have to do as much as we can. We want to be a peacemaker. We, we want to, uh, you know, live in a way that, that peace is possible in our relationships. Uh, and one of the things I think we do in Ephesians 4, 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. I read that last sermon, also, last message, and all of a sudden I had this picture of sitting around a Christmas table and all that going on at once at the meal <laughs> in ugly sweaters. And I thought, we don't want that. Here's what we want. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So, so here's what we do. Just, just quickly, I just, whenever I talk about forgiveness, quick caveat. So See, we, we can be forgiving because we understand how much we've been forgiven because we have God relating to us now based on the perfection of His Son, not on our own mess, all right? So because of that, we're to be forgiving others. When you forgive... So here's where... When I talk about forgiving people, some people go, no, nah, I can forgive almost everyone, but never so-and-so. I can't forgive so-and-so. So I, I want to quickly say wh- why you, you need to forgive so-and-so. And I get that sometimes people have done horrific things. So to forgive someone doesn't mean that you say, hey, it's okay, it's no big deal, it, never, you know, it didn't never happen, I'm just going to forget all about it, it's not a, you know, not a problem, I'm just going to let you come right back and hurt me all over again. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying uh, to God, listen God, um, you know this thing happened, I'm going to give this whole situation to you, this person and everything else, I'm going to let you deal with it. I don't want to sit here and, and try and be the judge of it anymore because it's just making me bitter and horrible and it's stealing life from me. And and sometimes we think that if we withhold forgiveness from someone, we're sort of getting back at them and all it's doing is killing us. People that have hurt you badly usually don't care unless they're willing to repent. That's where things begin to change. So when you forgive someone, you give them over to the Lord, um, you're you're doing all that. I'm, I'm talking about really big stuff now, right? Not little stuff, but really big stuff. And and. At that point, lovingly, you throw a boundary in place that says, I forgive you, but I'm not going to set myself right back up to be hurt that same way again, or have anybody else in my family hurt that way again. The only way that this is going to change, and the dynamics might change, is that you really want a restored relationship, and you're really willing to demonstrate repentance, which is actual change over time. And then we can rebuild trust, and then all things are possible, and those things happen all the time. But sometimes they're not And, and, you know, repentance is not someone saying to you, hey, I thought you were going to forgive me. Mm, That's a kind of a clue that there's an issue, all right? So we need to be genuine in both those areas of relationship. So, but we do extend forgiveness. And if you haven't, let go of those people that you're hanging on to. You're going to be at peace then in your soul if you'll do it. Trust that God will deal with them. And you throw up a boundary until you know that people are changing and they're safe. Once again, if, if not, you just throw in a little boundary. It's kind, but it doesn't let everything just go back to the way it was. So that's what forgiveness is really all about and why we need to extend it. Okay? So as far as it's on us, let's do that wherever we can. So peace with God, justified, peace with your soul, which is what he wants you to experience, so that you can be at peace with others. And uh, that's an amazing gift that he wants us all to have this Christmas. Amen? Amen. Ministry team, those of you here want your head over the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. They'll pray for your healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. Let me pray for you as a group, and we'll have lunch. or No, we'll have breakfast. Second breakfast. And we'll dismiss. Papa, thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you for the life that you've come for us to have. Thank you for peace. And Lord, as we experience this peace, Let it not only impact us, but the world around us for you. We'd ask again that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything today, folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that too. Really, it's humility and faith. And humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned asking Him to forgive you, what you'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never done that, do it today. It's a simple prayer. You could pray it, or anybody over there will help you. Just go over there and say, I want to know Jesus. They'll know exactly what you mean. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that food and everybody that made it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service and for next weekend... As well. You're an amazing, amazing God. We love you so much. Praise God from whom all bless. May the lord bless and keep you may his face shine upon you may he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace the power and the love of god god bless you all thank you for being here we'll see you soon remember be thankful for five things encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad prayers over there Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely, enjoy the day, catch some fish,